Welcome to Marvel. Welcome into the show, Marvel Fantasy Football Podcast. Mr. Fahrenheit here, Cliff Jensen. Thanks for tuning in. Step into the arena. Come on in. Um, It's our second to last show. Sad. Uh, But that just means, you know, fantasy playoffs are coming. And the high leverage situations, situational fantasy football is here and it has been here for just a few weeks. We're going to go over some playoff scenarios, some Build-A-Bear Bowl scenarios. We're talking studs and duds, of course. Uh, slight change for matchup of the week. Sad news on that. Um, I got a new phone, and my new phone is great. I had been recording on a iPhone 8 Plus all this time, and you know, sound quality wasn't great. Still not the best uh, because I'm at work and my office is kind of loud. However, on my iPhone 8 Plus was this old app I used from years ago when I first started podcasting for leagues. And it was called Opinion Podcast, a very, very basic interface for podcasting. The greatest thing about it is you could record in the background and It would record anything you play on your phone, meaning YouTube or soundboards, uh, you name it. Now, with the new technology (laughs) of uh, iPhone 14, it doesn't allow me and this Anchor app, um, no no knock on Anchor, uh, they're a proud sponsor of the show, um, but it won't allow me to record on my phone and play anything on YouTube or soundboards, it it automatically cancels out the app. So kind of annoying. My favorite part about Matchup of the Week was the ESPN primetime music. Just doesn't have that same energy without it. So we will be skipping the Matchup of the Week until further notice. I will figure this out. It's probably one of my favorite things to do. The energy that I feel when I hear that. Uh, that's just a reenactment but anyway we missed the ESPN primetime music but let's get right into it we got a lot to cover today I'm going to cover most of it here in the beginning of the show I want to thank all five of you who are probably listening I realize as the season goes on I probably get um, you know less and less uh, people interested in the podcast as you maybe are getting eliminated or just kind of burnt out i totally get it it's been 13 weeks of uh trials and tribulations in the fantasy football community so at this time of year you know listener listener levels are low that's okay i will literally talk fantasy football to a goldfish and tell him why uh the dolphins are going to lose this week um so thanks for tuning in those of you who are Let's get right into some of the, let's get into the Build-A-Bear Bull situations here. 
We got three people that are going to be in the Build-A-Bear Bowl officially. This is the final week coming up, week 14. These are the three participants. Um, one is almost marked safe. I'd like to congratulate those who have gotten themselves out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl, which was Joe Chick. He's been stressing about it all year. He is now 5-8 and eight and out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl. Tom Beggs, Pillar of Fire, also 5-8. and eight. He is now out of the playoffs and out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl. Kind of those mid-tier managers this year, but congratulations. You will not be taking a stuffed animal to lunch or dinner. Our three participants this year. Drum roll, please. It's going to be Taylor, Mike, and Juan. Now there's an asterisk on Taylor's name. It would take a miracle for her to come in last place. She's done enough all year. Uh, let's take a look at the scenario. Uh, Taylor, if you win, you are safe. So you control your own destiny. But even with a loss, you would need Juan to win, Mike to win, and Juan to outscore you by 232 points. So that's why there's an asterisk on Taylor's name. I think she's genuinely safe. Um, I don't expect Juan to put up, you know, 300 plus points or whatever he's going to have to do. You know, he has to outscore her by 232 points. Taylor's not going to put up zero, so you do the math. I think she's safe. Our two real participants, Mike and Juan. Mike, a win plus a Juan win versus me, uh, and you just have to outscore Juan by 116 points. That's that's um, looking pretty good for you. Now, it gets really spicy when we go to Juan's scenario here. If Juan wins... And Mike loses, Mike would be in last place and be bringing a stuffed animal out to lunch or dinner. Um, so that's the scenario. Juan does have to face me. I'm the third highest scoring team in the league. However, I've already lost to Juan once this year. So you never know. The other scenario, um, if Juan wins... Did I already say this? Yeah, if Juan wins, Mike wins, um, Juan has to get outscore him by 116 points. So that was the same scenario that Mike had. Um, so, you know, Juan needs a miracle. If, if he was going to enter the My Wish Foundation, this could be the wish that he's always wished for. Um, is is a, a fantasy win versus me and a Mike Carrado loss this week. So we'll be on the lookout for that. As far as the playoff situation... Let's take a look at that. Um, as of right now, I have hopped, jumped, and skipped over Yeeter Skeeters, Jason Kelly, as I was forecasting to do. I called it, baby. Now, the job's not done yet, but here's the scenario. I am in as the sixth seed right now, and Jason Kelly would be out. We are tied at seven and six on the season. However, I am outscoring him by almost uh, 175 points. So, a win by me, and I am in. A win by Jason, and a loss by myself, Jason would be in. If we both lose, he would have to outscore me by 175. So, the only scenario I see for Jason to get in is if I lose to one, which would really spice up the Build-A-Bear Bowl, and if Jason um, gets the win. So we'll, we'll keep our eye on that. 
Uh, Josh, you are at, sitting at a 93% chance to make it. There is a very, very small outside chance that Jason and I could make the playoffs. But you are, you know, you're outscoring Jason by about 75 points yourself. Uh, so it would take it would take a lot, and you have a one game lead on him as it stands. So you'd have to lose. Jason have to win, and he'd out, have to outscore you again uh, by you know looks like about 70 points. So those are the scenarios. I hope those translated well over podcast. Probably not. It's much easier to see when you go under um, you know schedule and playoff brackets stuff like that. Um. So a couple of cliff notes this week. I'm going to just leave the NFL power rankings alone. You know, those are just kind of for fun. But as far as um, as far as cliff notes go, we'll start off with Austin Eckler. He is on track to break Christian McCaffrey's record for the most targets by a running back, uh, which was set by CMC at 153 targets. I'm sorry. Uh, Eckler's on pace for 153 targets. The record was in 2019 by CMC, 143 targets. So, I mean, Austin Eckler has turned into Christian McCaffrey. It's it's amazing, if not better. Uh, Justin Fields, cliff note here, uh, currently has the seventh most rushing yards in the NFL. That includes running back, folks. 905 rushing yards. He has more rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor, Tony Pollard, who's having a great season, Christian McCaffrey, who's played every game this year, Najee Harris, and Aaron Jones, if you can believe that. So just a phenomenal season so far by Justin Fields. He's the cheat code. Next up on Cliff Notes, Devontae Adams. Since his one-point game in Week 8, Adams has rattled off five straight performances, scoring seven touchdowns and averaging eight receptions for 132 yards and 30 fantasy points per game since that one point game effort i'm sure josh is very excited about that and next up and lastly amon ross st brown has 37 receptions over his last four games most in the nfl he hasn't had fewer than seven receptions in any of those games he's the wide receiver three over that four-game stretch. So Amon Ross St. Brown is who we thought he was. He's going to probably be, if I had to guess, drafting next year, he's going to be at that at that turn. Uh, first, second-round turn, probably right in between, um, you know, that pick 12 of the first round and pick nine of the second round. He's going to be right there. So you know, if you're loading up on wide receivers like I did this year, he could be your wide receiver too if you were to take like a Jamar Chase or a, a Stefan Diggs and you could snake around and grab Amon Ra St. Brown. But what a value on Amon Ra St. Brown if you drafted him this year. Uh, so, you know, that was a long intro. We had playoff scenarios, build a bear stuff. Um, obviously, we will have the power rankings per usual at the end of the episode. But without further ado... We'll get to the kind of muted version of uh, Matchup of the Week. Enjoy, regardless. All right, this has a different feel to it, but it's still our Matchup of the Week. 
had my eyes on this one. Els Bells taking on Pillar of Fire. And Pillar of Fire with the major upset. It took some injuries, but he got it done. Got himself out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl officially 104 to 91. So Elliot's been worried about always playing one of the top teams in the league. They always outscore. I mean, Tom only put up 104, but Elliot had some injuries here uh, and only put up 91. Let's take a look at Tom's team real quick. How about the rookie, Christian Watson? Man, this kid keeps getting it done. And this time he had a rushing touchdown, an unbelievable rushing touchdown on an end around. He just looks the part. He's, he's what a league winner looks like, you know, when you're – we're trying to remember, like next year during the draft, we're going to be remembering Christian Watson and guys like um, Elliot Stud. This is what Amon Ross St. Brown did last year. And, oh, by the way, he's continuing it this year. So, you know, fun tip for you. You know, use what your eyeballs are seeing and use that to your advantage next year in the draft. I, I don't know how high Christian Watson's going to be drafted next year but it probably won't be high enough in my opinion what he's doing right now uh, i think he has eight touchdowns in the last four games and, and oh by the way a 46 yard rushing touchdown i mean how rare is it to see some a wide receiver catch one of those end arounds and and run 46 yards for a touchdown now we see Nicole hardman do it uh, Mecole, McCole, I don't know, McCole Hardman do it for the uh, Chiefs, but it's usually at the goal line. It's like a two-yard run, and you, he's just too fast. You gets, you know, gets around the corner. But Christian Watson just taking it to the house. Uh, as far as your dud goes, I, I understand you, uh, you. You played Sky Moore. You didn't have many options. You had some injuries and some bye weeks. I'm not going to give it to Sky Moore. That that was a shot in the dark. You needed to play a wide receiver, and I see you went. Uh, with upside there so I am going to give it to Dalton Schultz though um, two receptions for 33 yards now in consideration Jeff Wilson Jr. Woo, only three yards rushing so those two guys uh, Dalton Schultz and Jeff Wilson maybe maybe uh, co-duds on your team that's just a bad matchup for Jeff Wilson and all of a sudden the Dolphins going with Raheem Mostert this is the problem with running backs is the flip-flopping for no reason. Jeff Wilson has been great ever since coming to the Miami Dolphins. There was no reason except for injury for them to flip-flop like that and all of a sudden give Raheem Mostert all the work. Um, the revenge game narrative was there for both players, so it's not like, oh, let's get Mostert involved because it's his ex-team, the 49ers. Well, Jeff Wilson just came from the 49ers this year, so I don't understand the move. This is the that scenario where I enjoy wide receivers more than running backs unless you are a bell cow high draft capital running back where they're forced to give you work like a saquon barkley type guy derrick henry um the like it jeff wilson has been a great fantasy asset but can you ever really trust it when they're not a high-end workhorse running back and this is the reason why for no reason at all the coach just flip-flops the the work it, it's it's crazy um you know it sucks for fantasy but nonetheless tom gets himself out of the build a bear bowl um you know with 104 points l's bells injuries all over lamar jackson exits the game with only one fantasy point wasn't playing particularly well anyway hasn't been for weeks 
Kenneth Walker, I saw some, someone called him Kenneth Walking Boot the third. Uh, great team name there for future reference. Three fantasy points before he exited. Now there were some, uh, definitely some bright spots. How about the other rookie, Garrett Wilson, eight for 162. We talk about players scoring 20 fantasy points who don't score a touchdown. Those are, that's a big deal. If you can score 20 fantasy points without a touchdown, that means you're not relying on that six-point touchdown, and you can get it done. Now, just imagine if he did score a touchdown. He was very close to getting one. He caught a bomb. Um, you know, defender fell down, got hurt actually on the play, so he was wide open, and he happened to step out of bounds at about the four-yard line. Uh, he did run in the end zone, and they didn't I don't know if they reviewed it but they did call it back he was able to get the catch in all that yardage but missed out on that touchdown wouldn't have mattered for Elliott's purposes uh, as far as duds go uh I'm giving it to Mark Andrews now he looked much better when Lamar got hurt so you know for what it's worth the backup there for the Ravens I think um Huntley throws a ton to mark andrews so only seven fantasy points and i'm i'm making him as dud because mark andrews has no been nowhere close to what chavis kelsey has been doing lately he, and he's supposed to be this top end you know tight end option who beat out kelsey last year in fantasy points and we'll see if he can have a good close to the season but kind of disappointing i have mark andrews in two leagues and he's not giving me that competitive edge that i thought i was going to get um there's guys on waiver wires like a gerald everett who outperformed mark andrews again this week so he's not giving you that edge you need so i'm giving him the dud in consideration was amari cooper with um you know massage watson back at the helm for the cleveland browns but nonetheless this was matchup of the week again uh not as exciting without the espn prime music but folks i will get that fixed even if it happens in the off season all right i'm gonna fly through some of these matchups again not sure how many people are listening I'll talk fantasy football to literally nobody, but um, I want to be efficient here. This podcast is already running a bit long. Um, our next matchup is going to be Torres Falcons taking on Unleash the Beast. And Alicia takes the win, no surprise, 107 to 84. Low scoring output for Alicia's team over these last couple weeks. Uh, I'm sorry, this week compared to the last couple weeks, 107 points, but she gets it done. Um, Josh Jacobs, once again, you're stud. I mean, I, there's no way, no way around it. He's unbelievable. He's the running back one on the season. No one in the world forecasted that. I can't believe what he's doing. And the Raiders, you know, it is what it is. They're kind of coming into form lately. They are in the hunt. They're still trying to get that playoff spot. It's probably unlikely, but they're going to keep you know, hammering Josh Jacobs. He's not under contract next year. There's no reason for them to save, you know, save his health unless they plan on re-signing him, which that could be a possibility, maybe even a franchise tag, keep him one more year. But 20 fantasy points, 144 yards on the ground again, and a touchdown. Just unbelievable performance. Um, as far as your dud goes, I mean, hey, first time for everything, Travis Kelsey. They pretty much shut him out the first half. 
zero catches in the first half. Ends his game with four receptions for 56 yards, only five fantasy points. So, hey, if there's ever a chance to put Kelsey in the duds, I'll take it because most of the time he is not in this category. Uh, looking at Juan's team, again, sub-triple-digit performance here with 84 points. Let's take a look at the roster. Uh, how about Terry McLaurin? Scary Terry, eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown, 20 fantasy points. Um, so just a good... A sneaky good year for Terry McLaurin, who's changed quarterbacks every single year he's been in the league. Uh, Washington puts out different quarterbacks multiple times a year. And, you know, last year he was a little shaky. I didn't really believe in him coming into this year. But it looks like with Taylor Heineke out there, um, he's holding his own. So Terry McLaurin, a nice game there. As far as your dud goes, we could go any number <laughs> any number of uh, directions here. Um how about Jacoby Myers? I thought against Buffalo, you know, the Patriots didn't look good offensively, but Jacoby is supposed to be that safety valve for Mac Jones and uh, only three receptions for 22 yards. Usually he's, you know, when he's needed uh, against a good defense, he's a candidate to get six to seven catches, you know, closer to 70, 80 yards. So he's kind of fallen off a cliff here. He's not elite. He's a nice you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, but it's kind of been proven at this point he's not a wide receiver one, and I don't think any of us really expected that. He had a great start to his season, though, but he's kind of fallen off. So uh, Juan moves to 3-10, and ten, as we talked about, heavily involved in that Build-A-Bear Bowl. It would take a lot for him to not come in last place. Uh, Alicia moves to a, a just an unprecedented 12 and 1. She's got a bunch of bye week coming up this week, so maybe someone can sneak in a win against her. <laughs> but she's already tied up that uh, bye week in the playoff, so uh, she's just sitting pretty right now, hoping her players don't get injured. All right, our next matchup is going to be Yeeter Skeeters. Jason taking on the BV Bar Wenches, Chris Roach. And Roach takes the win. Low scoring game here, 92 to 53. Let's take a look at Roach's team. How about Tony Pollard? Still getting it done with a healthy Zeke back. Um, this is the lightning we're talking about. You know, Zeke is the thunder for sure. They're using those backs perfectly so he went off against the indianapolis colts 91 rushing yards and two touchdowns uh unbelievable performance by the dallas cowboys they are legit and i'm saying that for the first time in like 10 years every other year people thought they were legit i don't ever really bought into it this is the year that i think they are because of the defense and run game dak prescott not forced to go out there and you know he's not a running quarterback anymore i don't know if we noticed that um, he's mobile, but he's not a running quarterback like he used to be. And uh, I think he can just manage the game now and pick his uh, spots and throw to CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and possibly Odell Beckham in the future. And I think he'll be just okay. So I think the Cowboys are contenders this year, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo getting banged up with the 49ers. Um, you know, that could be a matchup that they hope for in the playoffs. Um, as far as your dud goes, I'm going Aaron Jones. I know he got banged up, so I can't really fault him for that. But he did finish the game. Only seven fantasy points. This is what Aaron Jones does. 
you know, him and Alvin Kamara are like the same exact player. Uh, they have these huge blow-up games where they can get three or four touchdowns at any given point. But then they have these absolute dud games. Uh, we'll talk about Alvin Kamara a little bit later, who's on his fifth straight dud game. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Jones has had a decent year. I think he's a top 12 running back uh, as far as I know. Yeah, he's the, the number eight running back on the year. Can't really be upset at that. But when he gives you a dead game, uh, it looks kind of like this. 26 rushing yards, seven fantasy points. Um, let's go to Yeeter Skeeters. Ooh, 53 points, man. Uh, unfortunately, that, that one trade, possibly one of your first trades ever when you traded Derrick Henry. And I know Henry didn't do much this week, but um, that really set your team back and probably just the lack of you know using the waiver wire um this was bound to happen man unfortunately uh you know not trying to toot my own horn but this is what i said in the draft uh special earlier in the season that you'd start out hot but it would depend on your you know involvement aka waivers and you know, making proper trades, and, and that would be how far you go. You had a good chance, and you still do, to make the playoffs. But let's like, take a look at your team. As far as your stud goes, it's going to be a kicker. Matt Gay, Los Angeles Rams, 14 fantasy points. I'm not really going to get into too much involving a kicker. But dud, uh, Thursday night, Dawson Knox, zero points. So it's ironic. Um, you know, you made the trade for Der with Derrick Henry, and sending him over to Josh's team because you said you needed a tight end. Uh, it's, it's ironic because Josh still holds the name Dawson Knox's Creek, but he has sent you over Dawson Knox and he has getting you, gotten you zero points. Not fun times, uh, the tight end position. Every single year, it's like, uh, it's a wasteland, man. At any point, these guys can get you zero or get you two touchdowns, you just really never know. So only 53 points for Jason. He's on a uh, major skid here. Uh, he's seven and six on the season, so still a winning record as of right now. But as we talked about, he needs a win desperately, uh, you know, and a loss from me to get into the playoffs or score a ton of points moving forward. Chris Roach, 10 and three on the year. You know, kind of uh, on the back burner because of what Alicia's been doing, winning, and, and how good Elliot's roster is. But I think, you know, I haven't really talked too much about Roach's team, but it's it's legit. He could easily win this league. So congratulations, Roach, on the win. And just to be clear, before we get to our next matchup, when talking about Jason, no knock on him. He's he's learning. He's only been playing a couple years. It's a pleasure to have him in the league. You know, he's, he sets his lineup. You know, that's all I can ask for. It pays his dues. He's a pleasure to have in the league. But the moment I knew I could make the playoffs when I had a losing record was when Jason said in the chat, I might not go to the playoffs, but at least I'm not in last. That showed me he is playing this game to not come in last rather than win the whole thing. So he's paying dues. He's paying the $25 fee to just not come in last. So as soon as someone admits that, I know I have a chance to overtake them and rip that playoff spot from his bare hands. Woo! I'm on fire today. 
Uh, our next matchup is going to be the trophy wife taking on myself, Mr. Fahrenheit. And I take the win 134 to 109. A really good effort here by Taylor. I think this matchup was closer than the score appears. I got a very late, I mean, I was sleeping when this happened, a very late touchdown by Rashad White at the very end of the game. Um, you know, we had multiple players. This was a contention of matchup of the week, but we had multiple players playing on Monday Night Football. I think I had two or three. Taylor had the kicker. You know, we've seen kickers score 20 plus points uh, before. So I was on pins and needles and all day on Sunday. It was, it was closer than it appeared. Let's just say that. Let's take a look at my team, the winning team, Jalen Hurts, 34 fantasy points. In the first quarter, he had already thrown for two touchdowns. I knew it was going to be a good day for him. Uh, the Titans are really good against the run, so the Eagles just decided to throw literally all day. It was a revenge game for A.J. Brown going back to his old team, and Jalen Hurts fed him the rock. 34 fantasy points, 380 yards, and four total touchdowns including a rushing touchdown for Jalen Hurts. As far as my dud goes, it's an every week situation. It's why I have my team has not peaked. It's been the reason why I'm not guaranteed a playoff spot, meaning it's cost me wins, uh, the tight end position. Uh, Tyler Conklin, 1.9 fantasy points. I keep playing the wrong tight end. Gerald Everett sitting on my bench with 10 points. I can't wait to come on this podcast next week after I flip-flop those players. And Tyler Conklin is going to have himself a game on my bench while Gerald Everett probably does nothing. But I can't – like, you guys have all been in this scenario before. I can't keep playing Tyler Conklin. I'm not going to – you know what I mean? So the numbers are there to switch these guys again. But I've done this multiple times. So and I also I also bench – I'm sorry, dropped Greg Dulcich, who – started off hot as a rookie tight end and he went off on the waiver wire so it is what it is i just can't get that position right no complaints for me 134 points is uh nothing to shake a stick at trophy wife 109 again great effort here uh amin ross st brown what can i say he's a stud like like i said second round pick probably next year in fantasy drafts 29 fantasy points 11 catches Woo! 114 yards and two touchdowns. Every time I looked up at the little ticker when I was watching the Jets game, it was had something to do with Amon Ross St. Brown. So I was getting nervous. Guy's an absolute stud. As far as your dud goes, uh, yeah, we're going to oh, – man, you know what? We're going to go Austin Eckler. I was going to go George Kittle, but you expect a lot more from Austin Eckler. We just talked about in the pre-show, you know, the record he's going for for running back targets – uh, but how about get some stats, Eckler, against the easy Las Vegas Raiders matchup. 35 yards rushing and a fumble. He had five catches, 67 yards receiving, which is, you know, for any other running back, that's great. But that's that's a low total for him, five catches. I believe his over-under was, was more like 6.5 or 7. That's what Vegas had it set at. So he's more of a seven-catch guy closer to 80, 85 yards. But no touchdowns here for Austin Eckler and a, and a dud performance to go with it. Um, but nonetheless, Trophy Wife, in my opinion, I know she won't accept this, but finds herself out of the Builder Bear Bowl. I think she's safe. There's no chance Juan's going to put up, you know, 250-plus points 
and have that scenario go perfect where Trophy Wife has to go out to lunch with a bear. So congratulations on being out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl. And I myself, congratulations to me, folks. Trying to go for that playoff spot after starting two and five. Let's see if I can get it done. I said I was going to do it, and here I am. We'll see how it goes. Pride comes before the fall. Goodbye. Next matchup is going to be the Book of Samuel. Joe Chick taking on bathroom handjobs. Mike Corrado. This was huge for the Build-A-Bear Bowl standings. And Joe Chick, woo, blowout fashion, 151. This is what Joe Chick's team is capable of. It's funny and ironic because I talked about how he had a lot of shared players on teams. He had like three 49ers players, two Eagles players, and that's when he was kind of you know, only putting up 109, 104, kind of leveling off. It's completely, you know, it's just by circumstance that he's now putting up 151. But I will say, he did trade George Kittle, who's a 49er, and he did drop Jeff Wilson, which seemed to be a bad idea the last couple weeks. Jeff Wilson just put up a dud. Uh, so now his team looks way more balanced. I, I'm not taking credit for this or anything like that he he's managing his team i thought he always had a good team all year i've been saying it this is what his team is capable of but it's very interesting to me though that he trades george kittle he had pat Fryermuth, who i like over george kittle so maybe that's the recipe he grabbed himself zeke elliott who looks to be back after that injury and um listen this is what his team was always capable capable of doing 151 points, studs all over the place, man. I can't even keep up. A.J. Brown, 27 fantasy points. D.K. Metcalf, 22. Zeke, 16. Joe Burrow, 30. Woo! 30 fantasy points from a non-rushing quarterback is tough to do. Joe Burrow is elite. He's undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. What else can you say? Uh, great draft pick by Joe Chick. And how about Brian Robinson Jr., the official stud to me, 96 yards, rushing, uh, got a little involved in the receiving game, two catches, but um, it's just good to see him get close to 100 yards rushing. I thought he was going to be a complete waste of time on waivers and you know coming back from that crazy incident this offseason, uh, but he's come back and he's part of that rushing core for the Washington Commanders and I don't know, 12 fancy points from your double flex position, I think is pretty damn good. So congratulations, uh, five and eight on the season. You are also officially out of the Build-A-Bear Bowl. You and Tom find yourself both at five and eight and marked safe. Uh, bathroom hand jobs. Mike needed this one, didn't get it. He's been playing roulette at the quarterback position all year. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson at one point, now Trevor Lawrence. He has Deshaun Watson on his bench who didn't do much better. So just the lack of quarterback, I think, uh, is what's happening here. Let's take a look. Alvin Kamara, dud last night. Not that it mattered. He probably wasn't going to catch Joe Chick. But four fantasy points. We talked about this with Aaron Jones. Kamara has done this now five straight weeks. I don't know what the Saints are doing. Um, five straight weeks. You know, week eight, he had 38 fantasy points, and then he's rattled off seven, six, 10, 
four and four fantasy points his last five games. So I don't know what the Saints are doing, man. They have this elite running back who catches passes, Austin Eckler, CMC style, and uh, they don't utilize him anymore. So I don't know. His days might be numbered. I hope he switches teams, uh, to be honest. Uh, Cortland Sutton was injured in this game, but also was doing nothing. Zero for zero, gets zero points. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of duds all over the place. As far as your stud goes, I mean, I guess last night, but again, it didn't matter much. But Taysom Hill had 12 fantasy points, two receptions, 35 yards and a touchdown. He also threw in, of course, some rushing yards, of course, some passing yards. So that's pretty cool to see from a tight end position. Um, you know, when your tight end is out there playing quarterback. So that would be your lone stud. But uh, bathroom hand jobs, Mike Corrado, 3 and 10, finds himself in the Build a Bear Bowl against Juan Torres. All eyes on that matchup. And our final matchup is going to be Dawson Knox's Creek, 127. To gauge bye 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 week 106 and Josh takes the win. Uh, nicely done here. High scoring performance. You got your quarterback back in Justin Fields and he looked great. Couple interceptions, but you'll take that. His rushing is just whew, unbelievable when you're adding uh, 71 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. Good for 19 fantasy points. But let's talk about Devontae Adams. Uh, Tyler Lockett had himself a game. Samaj P. Ryan, probably the last week you can use him in your double flex position. All those guys in consideration for your stud. But how about Devontae Adams, the uh, wide receiver one on the season? He's just great in a weird situation on the Raiders, but he's the only one that can make a play for that team besides Josh Jacobs. So it's all Josh Jacobs and it's all Devontae Adams, which is fantasy gold when you draft these guys, uh, you know, high end. So Adams is a first round pick and um, he's really out here proving how good he is. I, I forget how old he is, but man, he looks so good. And I don't think he looks particularly fast when he does this. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, like Justin Jefferson looks really fast, Jamar Chase, Obviously, guys like that. Stefan Diggs is quick. Um, I don't know what Devontae Adams has besides just being like a like a big back with great route running. That's probably what it is. But 33 fantasy points from him. As far as your dud goes, there it is. Derrick Henry, 30 rushing yards, 4.8. Um, you know, this is kind of back-to-back -back weeks here. He hasn't been putting up points back-to-back -back games with only 30 uh you know 38 rushing yards or less uh last week he was saved by a huge 70 yard reception this week he just didn't get it done so better days ahead for him he's got an unbelievable schedule the next three weeks jacksonville la chargers and houston last time he played houston he went off for 219 rushing yards and two touchdowns so josh has a uh you know has a great outlook for these next three weeks as far as Derrick Henry goes, um, let's look at Gage's team, 106 points. Oof, Gage is in the playoffs with a losing record. This is what I was worried about with having divisions. Um, we'll see how it goes. I think we'll keep the divisions around. I don't believe this happened the last couple of years. So I think this is an outlier, but you know, for what it's worth, if I was Jason or myself, if one of us misses out on the playoffs, um, I'd be pretty upset because we're going to have a better record than Gage, who's going to win his division. 
possibly with a losing record or you know 500 record so we'll take a look here i do like his roster but there were some duds in here how about uh nick chubb only 80 rushing yards and no catches nothing just straight 80 rushing yards only eight fantasy points um as far as your stud goes christian mccaffrey as soon as garoppolo went down the rookie came in in there and uh just heavily targeted McCaffrey. So 66 yards on the ground and a receiving touchdown to go along with eight receptions for 80 yards. So that's the Christian McCaffrey I remember from the uh, the Panther days where, you know, if you have a, a low-level quarterback, they're just going to find Christian McCaffrey the safety valve. So this could be good moving forward for uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, so Gage is 67 on the year, headed towards the playoffs. No matter what, he's already in. He's locked up a position. Uh, I guess technically if you were to lose next week and Tom wins. Hold on a second. Uh, hold on. I, this is not something I mentioned. If Gage loses and Tom wins, Tom would have to outscore Gage by 44 points. And Tom would be in with a 6-7 and seven record. So we got to keep our eyes on that one. I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, but that is a scenario. So hopefully the appropriate people are listening to this part of the podcast. So that's a scenario. I might even drop that as an extra uh, comment in our chat, just so people are aware. I'll be having my eyes on that one. All right, it's time for our league power rankings. Um, probably for the last time, because next week's episode is the last episode of the year. And instead of power rankings, I will be going over who I think, I'll go over each playoff matchup. I'll go throughout the bracket and pick my winner. And um, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. So I think this is our last official simulated power rankings portion of uh, the podcast so at number 12 Torres Falcons no surprise there at number 11 Trophy Wife at number 10 Yeeters Skeeters at number 9 Bathroom Handjobs at number 8 Pillar of Fire at number 7 Book of Samuel so here we go Simulator I believe has taken into account playoffs those are all the teams that are basically eliminated again Tom has a chance to get in um with a uh you know a win and a gauge loss and has to outscore him by 40 points as we just talked about uh let's take a look top six bye 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 week gauge is right in there at number six at number five the bv bar wenches roach sitting at 10 and 3 ranked number five number four unleash the beast alicia at number three josh dawson knox's creek at number two mr fahrenheit Climbing the ladder at number one, Els Bells is still there. His is going to depend a lot on injuries. We'll see if Kenneth Walker is going to be ready for his playoff run. He's going to be without Lamar Jackson for a week or two, possibly longer. Uh, but that could be a blessing in disguise. Lamar has not been playing very well anyway. So this could be that scenario where he finds himself some waiver wire quarterbacks to fill that void. But those are the uh, final simulated power rankings of the year. Next year, I will go through the playoff bracket and pick my winners of each matchup and crown my champion according to my eyes. 
I got to take a look at what we're working with next week. But thanks a lot. Uh, second to last episode. Those of you who are still listening, really appreciate it. Um, this has been a fun year. I've never had this much energy towards the end of the season. Usually, you know, I kind of don't want to do these shows or whatever, but you know, the love you guys have shown, I really appreciate it. It makes me want to do this. I love talking about your fantasy football teams, obviously mine too, but um, I'll talk about any player on any team, any scenario, start sits, anything. So if you see me on the streets, you know, start talking fantasy football or Christmas tree cakes. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week for our final episode.